Welcome entrepreneurs and startups to Art of the Kickstart, the podcast that every entrepreneur needs to listen to before you launch. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president and founder of Inventus Partners, the world's only turnkey product launch company that has helped over 2,000 innovations successfully raise over $400 million in capital since 2010. Each week, I interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level. This show would not be possible without our main sponsor, Product Hype, a 300,000-member crowdfunding media site and newsletter that's generated millions of dollars in sales for over a thousand top-tier projects since 2017. Check out producthype.co to subscribe to the weekly newsletter. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am talking with the CEO of Thomas and Darden, Nathan George, the creator of Cube4 a premium portable entertainment system. Nathan, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Sure, thanks for having me, Roy. So really uh, excited about today's conversation. Uh, I think it would be prudent for me to jump in and say, let's talk a little bit first about your background because you've seen and done a lot of things and been very successful with many things. So what's led you to this point and what led you to start as an entrepreneur? I don't know. I think it goes back to even early days where I was always trying to figure out how to make money. I didn't didn't have a lot growing up, uh, whether it was trying to sell airheads and blow pops at the bus stop to kind of making a self-sustaining uh, hamster and gerbil business. So I, I, I was running ad pack routes at 10 years old to, uh, you know, get my first job as soon as I could at 14 or 15 uh, running, uh, running uh, inventory and, and stock boy for the finish line. So I started early and uh, just looking for ways to make money so I could buy a bicycle or anything else like that to, to get around. So talk a little bit about your, your current businesses or adventures in the, uh, the entrepreneurial world. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that mindset's kind of always been around for me. And so even I, I, I thought I was always destined to be an academic and be a professor. So my background's in math and physics. I worked at Los Alamos National Labs and at NSA. And... When I was at Berkeley after my first year, I got an email for a, a summer job to go uh, start work with a startup hedge fund. And so I came in and ended up being brought on to build out the whole research team. And I was hiring graduated PhDs from Ivy League to come work for me. And I was a first year student. So I figured I'd start looking into transitioning out of that and end up doing a PhD in finance instead. But that kind of gave me the first dabble in and kind of more of the, the VC and startup world on the hedge fund side. Uh, and then a few years after that, I started doing some real estate development on the side and uh, people started giving me money. So I started investing it and uh, grew that to probably about a $200 million real estate portfolio in Berkeley that I manage uh, with a little over hundred investors that should hit about a billion dollars in about five years with what we have in the pipeline. So that's kind of been one thing kind of going on the side. And I've kind of put that on a on a cruise control with some of my partners that I brought in and and then uh, ran into this kind of product idea. And I was in this, this startup mode coming through a few years of, of things taking off on the real estate and uh, ran into a, my good old friend who was also a, a groomsman at my wedding, hadn't seen each other in a few years. And he had this kind of prototype device he had made that was basically the life of the party. And they just called it the cube. And so... Uh, 
I said, hey, dude, we should sell these things. And he said, I don't know. You're the business guy. Let's figure it out. And so that was kind of the start of the idea of, of Cube Sound more as just uh, two good friends that were having a good time and thought this was a, a great product and a, a great way to kind of uh, just bring people together over music. Yeah, I absolutely love this product because it's solving multiple problems, right? In terms of just the audio space itself, huge. I was watching the you know founder of Sonos this morning talking about his new low price product that he's bringing to market to accommodate you know uh, a different type of consumer. But for this product itself, you know, producing over 101 decibels on this product. I mean, how did you go about tackling in terms of the particular issues that you guys were trying to solve? And then coming up with a product that had different versions of it that could solve, you know, different consumer uh, problems out there. Well, I mean, I have to back up a little bit. This was this is uh, we've been around since formally since 2014, so this is kind of our second product, but it's really kind of growing up into being a real company, uh, if you will. We we had our first what we call the original cube that was the concept came out of that first prototype product that was the life of every party. Uh, it was born in this idea kind of ahead of its time of uh, a very long battery life with a lot of output and waterproof. And this is before everybody started making everything waterproof. And so, uh, you know, for us, it was like just two guys, hey, we make some money. Let's sell these out of uh, out of the back of a trailer in the SEC football games. And and it'll be a fun, fun thing to do on the side with a friend. But then when we, we launched, we ended up um, having a killer design, got a great design team, put together the, uh, the, um, the design and, and engineering team that did the original Jambox and then brought in an uh, engineer from Harman and uh, had a design put together pretty quickly, took a prototype to CES, and like we got crazy reviews. Shaquille O'Neal came by the booth. We were featured at Polk by their main booth on the thoroughfare and were tweeted out on day one as like one of the top products from Wired Magazine. So that was a really great high. Uh, and then the hard work started is of actually making the product and, and learning a lot on that process and getting that one out into production. So um, it's been a long process and I think we learned a lot, but this next, this Cube that we, Cube family that we've launched with the first one being the Cube 4 is really positioning and defining Cube Sound as a premier uh, portable audio company that offers a, a suite of products um, that that address a lot of needs in, in the average consumer's daily life. Yeah, I mean, you talk about launching this product, I guess, about six years ago now. I mean, when you were creating and designing this product, a ton went into it. So how did you go about deciding what features to include? You know, was there a feedback cycle of the, you know, what you were hearing from the crowd themselves or more or less trying to be the life of the party and made a speaker system that you guys wanted for yourselves? I'd say the first speaker, the, the original Cube was really kind of a good market test to say, like, what, what does the market want? What do their consumers want? And we put it out there. We started even as high as a $3,000 price point. We were we launched the Dubai Boat Show. It was our official launch in, in early 2018 when we finally had it ready to ship. And we were selling them at $3,000 um, all the way down to under 1000 when we were uh, decided to sell through the product and focus on our new product line. Um, but people love the look. They love the, the, a lot of the features. Uh, they love the connectivity. It had, that one had Wi-Fi and Bluetooth as well. The things that they, and they love the sound. That was their favorite part because it really, really blasted even the earlier one. Um, but what they didn't like was the size and the weight. So we said, well, let's, let's address the size and weight. 
uh, make it smaller and lighter, which is what we've done with the new Cube 4. It's less than half the size and less than half the weight of the previous one, but it's more than twice as loud. And so we, we really brought in a whole new team. We brought a new CEO with ha who came from an Apple, Dell, and HP pedigree background. He helped uh, run the Apple Masters program. And he kind of brought in, uh, we brought him in in May of 17 uh, to help us sell through the previous product and, and help us design and build this new Cube 4. And he had a background industrial design to really help us uh, put that together. Brought in a good team with some people from Seinhauser in, in China. Uh, and then we were invited to partner with SoundHub in Denmark, uh, which was co-founded with Bang and & Olsen and, some, and Harman uh, as an incubator space for more uh, research on acoustics. And we happened to be the only powered consumer audio company that was invited uh, to participate in that. And uh, they really helped us take us to the final next step level uh, to be real premium sound. And we're really excited about uh, delivering the Cube 4 to the, to the, to the world. Nathan, speaking on that, I mean, it sounds like these are some premium partnerships. I know our audience would love to know kind of what, what does that process look like? Because I think there's a lot of companies out there that want to, or idea people out there that want to potentially, let's say, license out their ideas. Where did that begin for you guys in terms of finding these right partners to, to you know, get in bed with and start developing the product through? I mean, I can't, I can't take credit or say that there's a, there's a, a method to it. It's, it's really um, just people that come across in my life that happen to be the right things. You're always on the lookout and not searching, but just kind of making good connections. I think a lot of it's the product and what it does and people hearing it, even in the earlier versions, that people are drawn to it. When we put our CEO search, we had over 1,000 applicants. Uh, we got through about 350 applications. Uh, couldn't get through the rest of them. And then we had four or five, uh, we had about eight interviews, phone interviews, and then uh, four at flyouts. And so a lot of people were excited to be part of a company that already had a product, was ready to start going. As far as, I, I did my PhD at Berkeley. And so my connections there and to the startup community in San Francisco came naturally from living in that community. And and one connection to the next, you, you kind of get in with one person, they introduce you to others, just like how I was introduced to, introduced to you, Roy. Yeah, no, it's all about the network indeed, Nathan. So let's dive in. I mean, because that's how we got introduced was, you know, this this crowdfunding campaign. We've got hundreds of backers, over 100,000 raised now. Let's talk a little bit about some of that preparation work for the crowdfunding campaign and kind of the the relaunch, if you will, of the brand. What um What was some of that prep work leading up to the campaign launch? Well, I think just making sure you're getting the collateral right, uh, making sure your messaging is what you're really trying to communicate. Um, to the consumer what they need. Uh, and, and since we are somewhat creating a, a filling a void or white space in the market, you have to educate the consumer on, on everything that we do because there's nothing really out there in the market that does everything that Cube4 does. And so I think it's just putting that team together, uh, working closely with you guys at Aventus. And, um, you know, once we had selected our partner here and, and then going with the collateral, uh, we had some existing collateral, fortunately, to kind of get the ground running with uh, with the ad spend. But, um, you know, I, I think uh, leaning a little bit on your expertise as well, once we were confident in the partner we had selected. Indeed. So talk a little bit about, you know, some of the feedback that you've gotten, you know, over the years of these products and now launching the Cube 4 out on Kickstarter um, that's active right now. How have you gone about managing 
the feedback from folks that hear it, but also the hundreds of backers that have come into the campaign so far in terms of managing that feedback and potentially taking some of those ideas or questions and actionably putting them into potential new product or you know addressing a different market for the innovation that you've created? Well, um, certainly one of the things that's probably difficult about this one is we don't have the finalized product out there for a lot of uh, press reviews that we'd love to have really good audio critics uh, to be able to put their YouTubes up as part of this uh, launch. So I've, I've had to address some of that to show that, hey, look, we have these partners at SoundHub, for example, that are, are some of the best in the industry. And so we can lean a little bit into our expertise and the fact that we've already created one product that, that sold out and to five-star reviews and, and did well on sound there. So uh, I think... Uh, I've you know have to respond to the the feedback and and questions and some of that has led to some good ideas on making sure that our app has EQ settings, uh, which it will. Uh, just other questions about the battery being switchable or at least uh, replaceable, so we're not uh, filling up landfills. Two other things like hey, we'd like to have some more colors, and that's uh, an exciting thing that uh, I guess we can tease a little bit with your audience is going to go out tomorrow. Um, that we're going to launch a white version uh, after a lot of popular requests uh, in the Kickstarter community and on the uh, social media uh, to have a white version. So um, we are going to start rolling that out tomorrow as an announcement to the campaign. Man, that's going to look nice and clean out by folks' pools or wherever else it may go, right? Oh, yeah. It looks, looks really slick. And uh, we're, we're excited about that. I think it, we might even have the two-pack as a his and her version. There we go. Let's talk a little bit about the the manufacturing side on this, because I think that can always be something that's overlooked along with shipping, you know, and I know we're not out there yet in terms of the shipping side of things, but on the manufacturing side, this is a highly detailed product. So how did you go about finding the right manufacturer for this product? Well, we worked with a partner for our original cube that had, um, you know, we had the original engineering uh, design team and then our manufacturing partner as uh, a Stanford guy. And he partners with companies in the U.S. to identify and source bid uh, manufacturers in China and then make sure that you're using credible ones that are going to produce good products. So we, we identified that manufacturer with the first uh, original cube. And they've been a good partner. And so we've decided to keep using them for this one. And, and on this new one, we were able to really uh, before we probably designed it and then handed it to them. So I liken it to in my real estate field of you, you have an architect that designs a building and then they send it to an engineer and the engineer adds everything. And then you try to take it to the general contractor and the general contractor says this, this costs too much to build. Uh, and that happens a lot, especially these days with the construction cost. But uh, with this last cube four, we really integrated the whole team throughout the process. And there was a lot of, uh, feedback along the way with the manufacturing partners so that we had, we built the thing together as a team to making sure we had something that was cost effective, but also accomplished all of our goals uh, from the build to the acoustics um, and then the testing and modifications from there. Impressive. So your campaign just crossed over $100,000, putting you into the uh, rare era of one of the top 4,000 or 4% of all top Kickstarter campaigns. So uh, what's a top tip for an inspiring entrepreneur out there? Well, I don't know. I think, I mean, I didn't realize it was top 4%. I think for us, uh, and, and I think the mentality we have is to expect success, but prepare for, for trouble or prepare for problems. 
but you need to expect that you're going to succeed and stay focused uh, and determined that you're going to see it through to be successful and believing in what you're doing. I think we talked about last year, there's a little piece that, that was written up on uh, interview for me uh, for Inc. Magazine, and it was about, you know, how what tell me some of the, the struggles you've gone through. And, and, and I certainly you go through struggles with any startup, but believing in what you're doing is what's going to help getting you up every morning uh, to focus on finding solutions because um, you're going to run into problems on everything um, and making sure that, that that vision of what you're trying to do for for the consumer. It's not, it's not about making money. It's about solving a problem. And if you're solving a problem for people, then the, the money's going to come. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, entrepreneurship can be an extremely difficult road. Um, you know, Nathan, in those difficult moments, how have you stayed focused on moving forward and making progress? I, I think yeah, even back to that magazine, I think I said one point, it's whenever there's a hard day, sometimes I just have my old cube, my original cube, and I go out in the backyard and I just turn it on and the kids go crazy or we have a home dance party. And, you know, just a smile comes on my face when you just hear the audio come out and the acoustics of it. It's just, uh, it just changes your day. And it just says, this is why I'm making this. Um, and then now that I've seen videos uh, of people enjoying the original Cube, uh, some that we've put up on our Instagram uh, at Cube Sound, and um, just really enjoyed, you know, it making people happy and, and helping them have a party and, it, it, you know, no DJ needed. Um, and that's really what this is about. Absolutely. So in keeping a smile on your face, what do you enjoy most about being an entrepreneur? I, I think I, I can, I call it more of, I'm just a problem solver, whether it's uh, with real estate solutions or, or these problems, I think you've got to be attacking everything as a, as a problem to try to figure out the, the best way of uh, overcoming it. Uh, and that's really what being an entrepreneur is about is, is just overcoming things, obstacles and, and figuring out a way to get through it. Um, well I think said. that's what drives me is just, uh, and then the satisfaction of once you've solved the problem and you've made the right decision, uh, that says, well, let's do it again. Absolutely. Well said, Nathan. Well, this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire some questions at you. You good to go? All right, go ahead. So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? I think I see my dad working really hard. Uh, we didn't have a lot again as a, as I was a kid. I was the oldest of six. And with four brothers, and I think it was again more this uh, spirit. I had a good example of my father working hard to put food on the table for us, and then uh, turning that into my own drive to to make money to be able to to you know to buy my bike or skateboard or whatever it was. So I think that was instilled in me at a very young age, and certainly try to do that with my own kids um, to to make them work for whatever they need, so they can develop that work ethic. So if you could meet with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would you want to have a dance party with? That's a, that's a tough question. You didn't give me a heads up on any of these. Um, I mean, I think in our current time, and Elon Musk is kind of like the Tony Stark of our time. I think uh, he's just a visionary um, and seems like a, a quirky kind of physics type guy that I think I'd enjoy. I did, I did get to have breakfast with Peter Thiel. He was investing in our hedge fund, um, and he's you know, a chess grandmaster mind type guy, really uh, incredible. I, I would like to meet Elon. So I know they, they did the PayPal thing together. What song would you play for Elon? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. Uh, I mean, think. There's, um, I'm trying to think of the, the name right now. Uh, I've got to pull it up. 
there's one that's one that I, I think of a really good memory when we were originally at CES for the first cube. And that's kind of like, I think it's blame by uh, David. Um, I have to look it up. Come back to me on that one. Uh, blame by uh, Calvin Harris. Okay. That sounds really great on the cube. Nice. Yeah. I was thinking more of the uh, eye of the tiger, maybe, you know, I definitely, my, my son's playlist is full of eighties music. I've got him, got him raised right. There we go. Um, any book that you'd love to recommend to our listeners? I, I think the Zero to One by Peter Thiel is a great one. You know, it, that's really how it goes is from you have nothing and then you have something. And uh, and that first one is is the hardest piece, uh, but it's a, it's a great approach to, to, to startups and entrepreneurship. Yeah, in keeping with that train of thought, what advice would you give to a new inventor or entrepreneur that's looking to launch their new product? I think, you know, it's, it's good to, uh, one thing we've tried to do is, uh, just really look for the light, right people and it's okay to wait for the right person. But, uh, you know, you want to be, as you're growing, I've grown through several companies, you know, there's people that stay with you through it. And then some people that help you get to the next level. And then uh, either you or they realize that they're not the right place person to keep going. So I think being flexible and not feeling married to everybody in your team, that they're probably not all going to be there when you make it to the next level and being okay with that and, and understanding, I think what's the higher slowly and fire quick is a, is a good adage as well here. So what do you think are the top three skills that every entrepreneur needs to be successful? I think you have need to have some sort of eternal skeptical opti- optimism that, you know, that you're going to overcome it um, and then you're going to figure it out. Because uh, again, you, you know it's going to be be some tough days, and you got to know that you're going to, uh, you know, sometimes you just sleep it off, and the next day you take a new approach to it. I think uh, really listening uh, to the consumer and trying to get out there and experiencing what what they need or what your problem solving really put yourself in their shoes, uh, I think is is important. And I think uh, the last one is just understanding your role in the company. Are you a visionary or you are the uh, the organizer implementer uh, type. So uh, understanding your role and 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 your best skill set and putting those to use and don't try to do things that are outside of your skill set and 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 I really making sure that you're you're complementing others on your team. Um, getting two visionaries on a team aren't aren't going to really get through things done. They might have a lot of good ideas, but you might not execute. Yeah, solid advice there, Nathan. All right, last question in the launch round. You're doing great. And I know we're on our first crowdfunding campaign together, but interested to hear your take on what does the future of crowdfunding look like? I think it's, I mean, looking back here at the ones that are successful, I think certainly it's a great avenue for pre-sales. Uh, I think the uh, using it, the, the really successful campaigns that are successful over and over are typically established companies that are sometimes using this as just a way to get discounted product out there sooner. Uh, and that, that does serve a very big purpose. And as you look at the financials of, of manufacturing, you do have to get prototypes and get things out there. But once you've proved a concept, using that revenue to help you pay for the, the cost of the product without having to produce it first and then put it in the marketplace, uh, that really helps things a lot uh, uh, from a, a banking standpoint. So, But I, I really think the future... I think it's it's not necessarily what it was where you had just an idea and you could raise a bunch of money. I think it's really moving towards 
using it as this uh, formula for getting product into the marketplace as quick as possible, which has its value that especially a product like Cube, you want to have as many people on day one when it's shipping have it in their house because every neighbor that hears it either is going to call the cops or they're going to buy one. So <laughs> hopefully more people are buying their own. Absolutely. That's the hope here. Well, Nathan, this has been amazing. This is your opportunity to uh, give the audience your pitch, tell them what you're all about, where people should go and why they should check you out. Yeah, well, I appreciate that that opening. I think, you know, Cube Sound, we're just really about set music free, uh, in, enjoying the music and bringing people together through that, but also making it really easy to do so. So our product um, is, is uh, super easy to use. It sets up over Wi-Fi so you can use multiple cubes to route your house, uh, kind of like a Sonos system, but it's all on batteries. So you can have at least up to 40 hours of battery life or longer, put one in your backyard, leave it out there. It's all waterproof. And then when you're ready to go to the tailgate or uh, go camping, you take it for your whole weekend or take a couple. If you take them together, you can actually pair them and they create their own Wi-Fi mesh network so you can have them talk to each other. Um, and we say be ready to have your own music festival, but you could, set up two on a football field and, and have a football practice with that. On top of that, it um, has a PA capabilities with, over a wireless mic. Uh, so it's it's really kind of that, we're, we're not trying to necessarily solve all the problems uh, in terms of the one-stop solution. There's other speakers that are made to be indoors to do surround sound, but I think we're really catching a lot of that white space of having uh, the portable speaker that you can move throughout your house and not have to have it plugged into the wall to work uh, like a typical Sonos, but also being able to take it with you and, and have the, the decent output that when you're more than 10 or 15 people at your barbecue, you can actually still just hear the music as an ambience, not have it blasting out of a Bluetooth tweeter on the coffee table and, and you, or you can't hear it because there's too many people. So uh, really we're about, you know, providing that solution and really like you to check us out, come to Instagram at, at Cube Sound or on Facebook, and uh, please come check out our Kickstarter. Check out the videos uh, and all the work that Roy and his team have put together here. And uh, we really believe in this product, and looking forward to uh, having it in everybody's homes in America and around the world. Absolutely. Well, audience, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the show notes, the transcript, links to the active campaign and everything else we talked about today. And of course, I got to thank our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and product hype. Nathan, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thanks so much, Roy. Thanks for tuning in to another amazing episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, show us some love by giving us a great rating on your favorite listening station. And of course, make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the previous episodes. And if you need some help, that's what we're here for. Make sure to send me an email to info at artofthekickstart.com. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you on the next episode.